0: Hey, Autumn. Hey, Adrian. Um, can you explain to me again why someone would become a patron of our podcast? Like, because we give it all away. So
1: yeah, why? like why? Yeah. Why? What's the point of being a patron versus just being a listener? Oh, a listener. Yeah. Well, the great thing about being a patron now mm-hmm. is that if you sign up to be, become a patron now, you get access exclusively to our merchandise. Oh,
0: it's like the VIP lounge.
1: It's like the VIP lounge and the merchandise includes um not just original artwork by you. I did that. You did that. Okay. But also original artwork by Hannah Chalu, yeah. by Bianca Iberlosea, and it also includes if you if you become a patron at any level, you also get exclusive access to AMA episodes
0: me
1: anything ask, ask me, me anything. anything so we a few so times a year ask us anything A-U-A. right that's right that's, that's right. right so A-M-A's a few times a year we are going to have these exclusive streamed events yes. auas where anyone who's a patron yeah. will be able to log in okay and ask us questions and we'll just have to answer them
0: oh god that sounds invasive but it <laughs> also sounds exciting so basically i'm gonna become a patron right
1: now yeah I, I should become a patron, too. That way I can get the merch and have access to our events. We want you to go to patreon.com slash Show, mm-hmm. And you can check out all the different tiers and levels. If you give it the highest tier, you get all of the different kinds of merch that Everything. you can get. If you give it the lowest tier, which is just $6 a month, you get an exclusive print. A piece of art that Adrian made, He's and you got
0: u- unicorns, y'all.
1: Unicorns <laughs> running away from an explosion. It's perfect. <laughs> anyway, thanks so much for being patient with it's, us. It's worth the wait. It's really worth the wait. The merch it's is delicious. Definitely worth the wait.
0: And we love y'all. Love you. Hello,
2: These sis sis man.
3: Man. <laughs> <laughs> yes! yes! fucking cis men. Yes. These They're fucking cis men. They think they created me. Oh.
1: I am Autumn Brown, a queer science fiction writer, a theologian, a constipated person, and a healing justice facilitator for social movements living on Dakota and Anishinaabe land, currently known as Minneapolis.
0: And I am Adrian Marie Brown, a regular person who's feeling depressed these days, a writer, a student of miracles and love. And I actually got a list of more places, more peoples who are from this place. I'm currently on the Shikori, Squarure, Tuscarora, and Lumbee Peoples territories, um, known as, as Durham, North Carolina.
1: And this is How to Survive the End of the World.
0: Our podcast about learning from apocalypse with grace, rigor, and curiosity. And we are deep into the sibling mini series. This year has been an incredible experience of getting to talk to other people who, like Autumn and I, are trying to change the world and come from the same family. And today we have. Um, very exciting guests. We're really geeked out to get to talk to (laughs) Joey and Faith Soloway. Um, And this is a connection that I want to shout out our producer, Zach. Zach pulled this off, Like, was like, you know, there's a chance that we could talk to the Soloways and the Soloway siblings. And I was like, "Um, are you fucking kidding me? That's so incredible. And I'm I'm very excited to learn actually more about All that y'all have. Mostly I know about transparent and I know about the gender organizing, gender liberatory organizing that's been happening in the realm of that. Um, But I think we'll be learning about each other today a lot. And I'm really geeked that y'all are here. Welcome to How to Survive the End of the World.
2: Thank you so much. I'm super geeked too. Very happy. Yeah, very happy.
0: Yeah. Yay. And I think for the first few rounds of talking, um, we're going to ask y'all to just say your name when you answer. This is Faith. This is Joey, just so people can start to differentiate uh, the sounds of you. Um, Mm -hmm. And we always start with just a check-in. How are you right now today? And why don't we start with you, Autumn? We know that you're constipated and I, I feel like maybe there's more there.
1: Yeah. I basically, I'm not going to go into detail about it because no one deserves that. Yeah. But, but you're still going to share a little bit.
0: I'm going to share a a little
1: (laughs) bit, just like my body and
0: (laughs) oh, sister just, just mostly
1: it's just about just persistent stress related, um, digestive issues that like my intestines are basically either Mm. um, too contracted or too flaccid. That's like the the problem. And it makes it so that my body can't, um, do some of the things that it needs to do. And it's been going on for a long time. I think it's like the way, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I think it's one of the ways that my body is responding to the continued stress of pandemic conditions and conditions of white supremacy yeah, and racial capitalism um so you know most days I just feel like you know mostly when people ask me how I'm doing I'm like I'm on top of it you know what I mean like I feel really capable that's how I feel a lot of the time and then I pause and I'm like hmm that's not a feeling <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I like, that's an assessment of my skills.
1: That's a way yeah. that's an assessment. That's not a feeling. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, but I guess because of, of how much I have going on, it's like the thing I'm most aware of most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, but I will say the other thing that I'm feeling is, um, or the other way I'm doing is I, I had a birthday on Monday. Yes, you did. And I did. And it was glorious. It was like probably the best birthday I've had as an adult. Yeah. And, um, my kids and my partner conspired to pull off a surprise birthday party for me with like my four closest friends near who live near to me.
0: I was like, local. I truly had
1: no idea that it was going to happen. I was really, really not. It wasn't even because of the pandemic. It wasn't even like in the realm of possibility to me that that people would come into my home. Oh. So of course the first hour of the party, I'm just sitting there like, wow, people are here <laughs> in my house.
0: <laughs> oh um, sibling. It was
1: great. It was great. And so I feel like I'm still riding the like wave of love mm-hmm. from that night. So it's been five days now that I've been riding the wave of love. Um, <clears throat> I felt really loved on I felt really, really loved on. Um, by my kids and by my people. So that's also how I'm doing in addition to the constipation.
0: That's a good balance. I I feel like that, you know, it's like, if you're going to have one, you better have the other. Um, so that's good. (laughs) And uh, I will you're pass it have, to.
2: <laughs> you have I was to have just one. trying to. Was it like, if you're going to have constipation, you better have love? Yeah, absolutely. That's if the only way that love, works. You better have, you better love. have constipation.
1: Yeah. It only works, it only one, works way. one way, have to Stop somewhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I will pass it to Joey. Joey, how are you? How
2: are we finding
1: you?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, You're
2: finding me really. I'm in a very happy um, place because I'm allowing myself to kind of do nothing very soon in about like three or four days I'm going to kind of close down the enterprise of me always trying to operate the entire planet from my computer Mm -hmm. a little helicopter of changing the world that I think I have to do I have the same thing as you Mm Adrian like there's so much to fix and I have to fix it before I die And I'm going to just try and chill for like three full weeks. And I'm kind of watching, I'm like landing the plane of the last, like, if not year, then year and a half, two years, landing the plane, looking forward to a totally open runway with almost nothing on it so that I can do deep personal work.
0: I'm so excited for you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. What about you, Faith? Oy vey.
3: oy vey, oy vey, oy vey, oy vey, oy vey. Yes! <laughs> Shall we pray, oy vey. Um, Interesting. I am at my most anxious place I've ever been for a good reason. I'm in it fully with uh, a group of adults that I manage who manage a, a bunch of kids Um. I feel like my life was like Joey and I maybe have done the opposite in yeah. a certain way. Mm. So where I was always feeling, Joey uses this term and I love it, on the back foot, um, like not being able to lead, um, mm. not having voice, having only anxiety, um, feeling like I'm a great follower or a, but let somebody else lead, I'm, I'm that good wing person, I'm leading mm. now. And I'm um, managing my anxiety, my outward anxiety that I show people. And I'm trying not to show how anxious I am today. I mean, I could go on and on, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, but I won't. Yeah. (laughs) Because you're catching me coming down from something that was an intense rehearsal with my people over race, Ah. um, over casting, um, after having a dance party where everybody loved each other. And then it just turned backwards this morning. And it, it was, it was, it's all good. I think I carry, I also, Joey knows this, I feel everybody's pain. That's why mm-hmm. I don't like to lead. Um, it, I crisscross. I, I see stars. I like, am too in, in everybody's skin. And mm-hmm. so um, mm-hmm. it's, been, it's been a lesson for me. But this wow. was Fridays we rehearsed and I just came. I had my dog with me. That was fine actually. I it, hope that, that was that, supportive. It, yeah. it was it actually was good. So anyway, um yeah, I'm so excited to talk to to have us all here together. It feels like a nice healing, beginning of Shabbat, whatever, you know, for well, yeah. For, <laughs> uh all, Friday night is upon us. Yeah, so, all of that. It. So it's it's really nice to to hang out with siblings out mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. doing this amazing work together. Mm-hmm beautiful Mm. yeah adrian yeah how
0: are you sister i am in this moment doing better um i had uh i have a body worker and today i was i got on her table expecting to do our normal session i got up two and a half hours later and she was just like there was some stuff that we just needed to get out of there. And it's, it, it, I feel remarkably different. Um, mm. and Autumn knows this, but i for the past couple of weeks, actually, I've been in a pretty depressive zone. Um, mm. I dipped really low and I didn't see it coming. Uh, I'm not, you know, like I'm, I'm usually, I'm very much like I can do things. I've got it we're in this pandemic, I
1: do anything good, but I
0: can do this. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, I think generally I'm someone who like, I like to think of myself this way. Maybe this, you can tell me if this is true, Autumn, but I think generally I'm a person who's like steady that other people feel like I can come to Adrian if something's going on, like I can count on her. And so, you know, over the course of the pandemic, like people have been counting on me. I've been you know, in that role, it feels okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but then this past few months, the, it, ju- it just like hit the, you know, my partner lost both grandparents to COVID within a month. Um, and then we, um, and, and like, that would be enough, but it's like, we also, we had this major move, then that happened. And then like everyone else went into mode crisis mode um, yeah. concurrently. And then I, I don't know when it happened. I'm like, I'm not going to try to look too hard, <laughs> you know, cause I'm like my, I know that that's just my Virgo analytics trying to be like, if I can suss this out, <laughs> I can, I don't know what it's like, nothing's going to change. You're, you're sad. But at some point I went from supporting everyone and I tipped into my, my, I'm running on E. Um, yeah. and So for like a week and a half, two weeks or so, it was like if anyone even just asked me how I was, immediately I was just crying and I was like, "I'm, I'm, I'm fine," but you know the, I, I feel this. I want to name it because it's very uncomfortable for me to talk about. It's very uncomfortable. I feel like publicly, I'm like I'm supposed to be hopeful, (laughs) Um, but I, I have been feeling this like species level grief in me um, that you know, I don't quite know what to do with. It's really much larger, you know, than I, like, I know all the time that humans are struggling with figuring out a way to be on this planet, figuring out a good way to be here. I know that we Mm -hmm. struggle with that. I know that we're barreling towards climate catastrophe and in it, I know that, but somehow it just was like too much, you know, it's just like, God, like we just have this incredible planet (laughs) and, we're just so focused on the wrong things and we are so easily distracted to focus on the wrong things. And we're just throwing the miracle away with both hands and all feet and everything. So it pushed me down under and, mm-hmm. um, and, and I had to do, you know, I've just been in that place, but I, I want to name that. Um, I'm really grateful for the community that I have formed in my adult life. Because in my twenties, when I would hit a depressive state, I feel like I would just float away and I would be floating for a while before anyone would be like, Hey girl, (laughs) you know, like, are you okay? Like I could, I could go in my thirties. I feel like I could go briefly, but now I'm in my forties. I feel like it it was like a day or two before, you know, my, my people were like, girl, something's up, like what's going on. Something's wrong. And and then I have really good people who are like, it's okay for you to be depressed. It's okay for you to be sad. Y- your feelings also matter. Like, cause my, my narrative in my head is just, everyone else has real things going on and my life is great. I shouldn't complain, <laughs> but it's like, uh, it really helps to have people who are like, your life is great. And there's also immense grief and yeah. immense pressure and a lot to hold. Yeah. Um, so I'm, you know, today feels markedly different. I've been doing my meditation, doing my swimming, you know, I'm attending to the body and I'm like in the cocoon of the feeling. I'm like, the body can be the cocoon, the outer wrapping, yeah. <laughs> you yes, know? Yes, yes. Um, so I'm just like, okay, let me let this be a good container <coughs> for whatever this, this emotional goop is inside of me. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: It's marginal cells activate really intense Maginal mercy cells are popping Yeah, <laughs> intense mercy
3: for yourself too. Yeah. You
0: know? It's hard. I don't, I'm really, I'm so into doing that for everyone else. <laughs> like I'm, all, all the people who've been like on support calls with me are like, if anyone was telling you what you're telling us, you know, <laughs> you would be so compassionate, but with yourself, you're just like, there's no time for this. This is really bad timing. <laughs> like I don't have time yeah. to do this right now, you know? And they're like, um, nothing else is as important as feeling your feelings you say that all the time so um yeah so i'm here and i'm really i've been checking in with myself before any engagement to be like do i need to cancel this or not you know um like i'm in that state because there's not everyone you want to get on a phone call with when you're in that in this state And I was very, there was like no hesitation. I was just like, oh, I bet I definitely want to do this. (laughs) I feel like y'all understand, you know, like y'all can, you, you both, what I know of you is that you deal with real things that are happening to real people in real time and you, and you know about pain. So I'm like, we can be here with each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm.
1: Speaking of things, real things happening in real time. Um. Now we're gonna talk about rage. I'm
0: so, <laughs> I'm so <laughs> glad we had the flume of rage. Heavy, angry,
1: flume of rage, flume of rage, flume of rage. So we have a segment that we always do before we get into um, the main content of our show <clears throat> called the flume of rage. And yes. Um, we just give ourselves an opportunity to like air it out, whatever the thing is that's like giving you um rage feelings today, right now. And it can be um massive, like it could be something that's happening on a global level, regional, political, or it can be like, you know, at the micro level of my life right now, today, you know, something that just happened to piss me off. Mm-hmm. And I can jump in with a micro rage because I usually do come in with something that's like bigger. But today I got really pissed off because um, someone parked in front of my driveway and blocked my driveway Uh -uh. in the morning when I had to leave my house with my children so that they could get to school on time. Uh And, you know, that would be an inconvenience for any parent. Yeah but I'm a single mom. Yeah. And there's just like a this narrow space of flexibility that I have in my life for things to go wrong. <laughs> right. Cause it's like, there's a timeline for every, you know, every part of my day is scheduled. <laughs> yes. Um, and so I walked outside and the kids saw me see it and they were like, Oh no. And I was like, Oh no. Oh, no. But, um, you know, I, I feel proud of myself for how I handled it. I like,
0: I tacked up my into oldest. the car until it moved out. You like pushed it out of the way with your, I
1: vehicle. almost did. You know what? The first thing I did was I walked up to the car and started yanking on the door handle in yeah. a way that would make it like if the car had an alarm, yeah. it would go off. Good. <laughs> Cause I would, my first thought is like, let me see if I can figure out a way to set off this car alarm so that whoever's car it is will come outside. Yep. Um, but it wasn't that kind of car. It was a janky car. So <laughs> um and so then I just tasked my oldest kid with um standing on the curb and directing me as I backed the car out onto the sidewalk and then onto the road.
0: Wow. And
1: slightly through my neighbor's garden. So um, but it's December, so it's like whatever that was was gonna <laughs> die anyway. <laughs> That's <laughs> my thought. Fuck yeah, we're having an unseasonably <laughs> warm December, but it's still December. Like yeah. it's all going to die. Yep. Um, and so I, we did, we ended up making it out on time because of my creative driving. Wow. But I think that part of what pissed me off about it, this is something that happens frequently, mostly because of the type of road I live on. Um. It's just people often block my driveway. And because I work from home, it's like mostly not a major issue. Yeah. But I think part of, part of why it enraged me was that it happens often. And part of why it enraged me is that it feels like it's connected to this bigger issue I have with humans, which is (laughs) not paying attention to your surroundings. Yes. I don't like that about human life (laughs) at this time in the modern world. Right. Right, Because the only way someone's going to block my fucking driveway is by not noticing it's a fucking driveway. Right. And the only way you don't notice that you're parked in front of a fucking driveway is if you're not paying attention Basic. to your surroundings Basic. and not paying attention to your surroundings is like why we're yeah. in so many of the situations that we're in, <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah. So that part of human life, I find really tiring and upsetting. Um, just having to deal with other people, not paying attention to their <laughs> surroundings and the way that impacts me. Yes. So that's my flume. I did when, when the person I, when I came home and the person whose car it was, was finally getting in their car, you know, I ran (laughs) down my stairwell and stepped outside and said, you're parked in front of my driveway. You know, I like totally went bad neighbor on them and they were like, Oh, and then hopped in their car and peeled away. So I did get to yell, which is why I feel
3: better now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How about for you,
3: Faith or Joey? Well, I'll, uh, Thank you for that, Autumn. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I am coming from a, uh, today's rehearsal and I think I was mad at everybody, but instead I got mad at myself, which is a certain a, a thing that happens. Um, I had a, I, mm-hmm. I'll just, we had an audition. Um, I didn't, it, it's, it's a sensitive topic to me to talk about casting. This is a group where the group kind of needs to share to feel heard like the So there is, um, a, you know, a, a consensus of certain, you know, real stuff. T- taking decisions away from a group is always the decision you're making <laughs> as a leader. But they wanted to cast somebody that you. It it was just about it. It it goes into what kind of person do we need? What race of person do we need? What expertise actor clinician? It's an interesting job that I have. It's a cool job. We we're educators. We go into schools. We have a very tight group. um, And it was just time management. And as I, I, I let everybody make the, you know, kind of pulled the decision of let's talk about it as opposed to let me think about this let's let's I want to hear everybody's. opinions people wanted to talk and it just was going on and on and people were pissing each other off and yes, there was harm and. Maybe there didn't have to be harm in that way of awkward discussion if I said no, let me, let me think about this for a second had I you know, instead of people really wanting to talk about it. You know, and I'm mad at myself. I'm really mad at myself right now. I don't know. I, I came in kind of feeling like, well, I fucked that up. And maybe I shouldn't be mad at myself. I should be mad at them, but there's 11 of them. So
0: <laughs> it's easier to be mad at the self sometimes.
3: No. Um, it's more efficient. I guess. Yeah, it's it's fre- fresh rage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So uh yeah, thanks for letting <laughs> me get that off my chest. Yeah. What about for you, Joey?
2: <clears throat> Mine is like less personal, even though I love both of your stories that you guys have fresh morning rage, fresh from this morning. Yes, hot. My up the global rest. rage at men. Never stops. It Mm -hmm. never stops. Never ceases. It never ever stops. And my particular rage, over the past, let's say, week, is recognizing the ways in which cis men Mm. are so unclear on the way that the way they were assigned at birth created a scenario where they move through the world centering their feelings. That. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and really breeds narcissistic thinking among cis men because they're the same gender as God. They're the <sighs> same gender as Jesus. And they love to tell a story about themselves.
3: Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: And they love to listen to each other talk. And they don't even like women, let alone queer people or trans people. <sighs> and everything they do is so they can talk to each other about other men and themselves. <sighs> and mm-hmm. I can't fucking take it anymore. So, no, I'm not going to see West Side Story. Thank you. I will not be seeing Tick, Tick, Boom. You didn't see Tick, you. Tick, Boom? Right. I can't. Right. I can't take in.
3: It's, it's about a guy writing a, a show. It's too much.
2: Guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am glad that they exist. God help them all. You died I can't an, even talk about a, Hamilton a, 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 without AR's taking a full understand. hour on Peggy. Uh-huh. You know Why they do that to Why they have to do Peggy that way? Mm. just leave her out (laughs) why does there have to be this divided feminine and then one more we all can just kind of hate Mm. like guys I and so for me the conversations I've been having with some cis men over the past few weeks where it's as simple as me saying something like no I do feel that way or even like you hurt my feelings creates the most gigantic bomb going off in the relationship 20 mm. different people where I'm saying, actually, no, no, I don't want to no. do that. No, that's one no. They're used to, they're used to getting hundreds of thousands of yeses all day long, reifying their ambient sense of belonging as the main character in the world. And honestly, I can't even be around them. And I, and I, and I want to opt out of art that was you know made by men for other men, mostly. Yeah. Yeah. And when race comes into it, like Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah. Okay, fine. You know, I'll learn about something I don't get through him. But honestly, that rage is in my blood all seconds of the day. And (laughs) I'm never asked to express it Mm. and record it. So there you have it. Mm. I'm pissed. Mm. I'm real pissed. (laughs) And the more I identify as male, the more I realized, oh shit, I think I'm a fucking gay man. After all of this, I'm not even a lesbian. I'm actually (laughs) a gay man. Awful. The more I realize that, the more I see. Oh, wow. The the, the kind of privilege masculinity confers. Wow. Yeah. So ultimately, maybe same faith. Mm -hmm. I hate myself. We're getting to the same place where we always
3: Mm are. That's sad, isn't it? Mm. But can we still blame men? yeah yes how? definitely totally and, yeah, and, and, and white, white, people. Yes. Yeah. white people yeah white and, people and we can still mm-hmm.
0: visit, it's yes. it's a both and it's always <laughs> that's always there well and i do think there's there. a distinction of being able to talk about the experience cis men have and the rage the rage that's tied to that um while also reimagining masculinities you know cool. which actually ties into my flume of rage so oh, excellent um we're coming full circle. Is it yeah. somehow
1: also going to tie back to my driveway?
0: Everything. <laughs> so, yeah, it literally is. So okay, great. my flume of rage is that my beloved, sweet, amazing, incredible partner um, is a first grade teacher and um, they are genderqueer um, and like, you know, kind of beyond pronouns and and doing all that. And their school is incredible. They, They were able to come into the school and they go by professor. They use professor as their name instead of Mr. or Mrs. And they tweeted about that this week. They're just like, I do this and my students love it. And I love when they are curious about it. And when they ask me about it or why is my hair like that? Or, you know, they, they, they've met me there, you know, as the wife, you know, they, they know me and the kids love my, my sweetheart. They love me. They love their learning environment. They are literally, I mean, like, I'm like every student in the world would benefit from having a teacher like my honey. Oh yeah. So they're amazing. It's, it's, I mean, it's just like, she's just beyond, beyond just so dedicated to these kids. Um, and so she tweets about that, you know, just like excited about it, you know, like I'm so happy this is going on. And initially it went viral, people excited about it, just being like, "That's so cool," you know. <laughs> but then the radical right-wing, you know, QAnon, whatever folks, got a hold of it, and they're in a real rage process um, all the time. But they came in and protested at her school, calling for her to be fired um, and saying that she was, you know, just all kinds of horrific stuff because of their homophobia. Their transphobia, their racism, and that male, that white male centered point of view, which a lot of people can actually participate in without realizing they're participating right. in it. Um, you know, which because I'm like, you can you can be all kinds of races and backgrounds and everything, and you can still participate in that white male centered point of view, which is there's only one way to be, and if you are diverging from that, then you are corrupting our children. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, and but the the gall of people to like come in, to a space and and call for the firing of someone be basically because they're queer and because they don't understand queer. So there were so many levels of this and I make it as a, a general rule not to engage with fools on Twitter or fools on social media. Like I'm just like, I, I don't think that I was given this miraculous life in order to spend time doing that. That just does yeah. not, there's never been a moment where I was like, oh, this is gonna satisfy the ancestors and the gods and nature and everything else. Like for me to go be like, you are so dumb that you do not understand what queer even means. Like, it's so stupid because they're like, why are you talking about sex in the classroom? It's like, oh God, like (laughs) still here. Like, you know, very clearly it's read something. I am talking about the fact that I'm not, not, I don't go by these gender identities that, you know, people are often given and it has nothing to do with who I have sex with. Um, it has to do with who I am, who I, how I identify, how I dress, how I want to be in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, that level of, it doesn't feel like it makes me angry because it's so willful and because it's so, um, it's so egoistic, you know, like I feel very attuned to the fact that like I can be how I am and other people can be a different way. And I never need to go over to their way and be like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> you know, like it just never occurs to me. Right. i like, you be your way. I'm gonna be over here being my way. The only time I would come do anything about your way is if you were directly causing harm to me and my way. Right. These were not people from the school, not even from the community. Folks drove miles from their ignorant hovels to come and do this. Right. So that kind of enraging Experience is how we started our week, right? And mm. they're still calling, they're still emailing. It's still this ongoing thing, and it it makes me. I just want to send. I know we're still in the flume of rage, but like my heart needs to say to all the queer teachers out there, I'm so grateful you exist, however mm. you manifest. And I get emotional about this because I'm like, I cannot even imagine how my life would have been different if I had had someone who was just like different <laughs> teaching me yeah. at any point who was just like a, an embodiment of a different way of embody, of being in a body, being in gender, being in identity, being free. Yeah, you know, my partner is so free in how she moves and, and she, I mean, these kids, this is their first learning experience and what they get to do is be themselves fully. They are in that classroom. They are, there's spectrum. They're speaking multiple languages. They're like, many of them are like, I've never literally been in a school with other kids before they're bouncing off the walls. (laughs) They're like, I know Mm -hmm. how to go to the bathroom by myself. And she just handles it all. She's creating such a compelling center for all of that. And it's because queer values incorporate all that difference. I'm like, it's actually the best thing for all of humanity to have as many queer teachers as possible, because those are teachers who are going to say, however you kids show up, I'm here to meet that. And I embody that and we can all be ourselves. Biodiversity is great for our planet. It's so good. And so I just want to send a love note out to all those teachers, all the people who are embodying and embracing the different ways of being. Um, and, and yeah, like I, my sweetheart knows, <laughs> she knew not to tell me um, during the day while it was going on and they were there <laughs> because my rage Especially since I, I'm like, I'm not in any leadership positions. <laughs> I will come now <laughs> and I will scream at y'all in the street. I do not care. Like, my, you know, I'm like, there's something that is just diff- unlocked. And so I'm, I'm like, she was smart. She didn't tell me until she was like, they're gone. I need you to know this app. But, you know, but I'm like, I went, I drove her to the school the next day. You know, I was like, if they come, um, you're like, I dare I you be here. <laughs> you <know? laughs> I was like, do not get me to call my people. Do not right. get me to call mm-hmm. my folks right now. You guys will be so miserable and demoralized. Anyway. Um, <sighs> yeah. Let's take a breath mm-hmm. in on that one. Yeah. And, you know, they were blocking the driveway of the school also. Let's let it out. Fuck that. Uh,
1: there was the Circle. you know, yeah.
0: the public. Because, <laughs> of course, like. they did. Because, of course,
1: because they're like <laughs> the same I'm... people who will like criticize us for blocking. Highways.
0: Oh, it's all the same. It's 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 so fuck them exactly. Um, you know, and I know as a Virgo, logic doesn't rule the world. I recognize that early in life. But even just basic, 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 basic sense. This is basic basic sense. Yeah. All right. (sighs) Okay, I'm so glad (sighs) that we flumed it. We flumed it, and. (sighs) Now, just before we hop into questions, I want y'all to tell us a little bit about yourselves, like w- what it is you do, you know, like beside I know that transparent is like a heart place. And then I'm like, tell us a little bit about your lives. Tell our, our listeners mm-hmm. a little bit, and then we're going to dive in and go back through time and
3: kind of source all that.
2: Can I go first, Faith?
3: well you know i wanted i will because adrian like i wanted to make a connection to what you were talking about which Mm -hmm. is having educators right in front of you who are not the cis bodied even our you know our kids of color mostly have white teachers yes um and we work in all the schools in the boston public a lot of schools in 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 uh the Boston public school system. And this week is gender and sexuality. Um, So we're, we're talking to the kids from. Wait, when you say
0: we slow it down.
3: We meaning our, our group called urban improv or rehearsal Uh for life Uh goes into the classrooms with um, an issue. Every week, it's a different issue from conflicts to self-esteem to, Standing by, you know, bystander issues, mm. stereotypes, race, racism, microaggressions—like all of it, all of it—and <clears throat> um, it's it's like just palpable. These teachers are tr- are we're we're luckily in the opposite right now. Like these teachers are let are like come in, be yourselves with these kids who are struggling with these issues, you know, live. Yeah. Be these people who are can help them, like you're saying, you know, help them see something that isn't what they think they need to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. In for sexuality, for gender, um. And um. It's it's been such, you know, I'm I'm in my late fifties, and it's just been it's still like an awakening feeling of going back in schools. You you're just you remember what it was like, even yeah. though I'm old and I have a twenty year old kid and you just go right back to all of the traumas yeah. that you know school was. Yeah. So when you have somebody in there caring that deeply, um it it is like you know that it's it's a moment, you know. Yeah. So I feel pretty lucky that I've found this work again. It does feel really good yeah. and healing. Um and it's work that I used to do. Um and I came back to it when I came back to Boston. They were um needing an interim artistic director. So I I, uh, I hopped back in. Um and as frustrating as the work is because we all care about it so much, it's it when you're right there with, with the with the students, it it just it feels good. It feels like what you're saying in a microwave, you are making a difference. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. I hope that, that wow. resolves itself in a, in a way that is a win Yeah, me <laughs> for too. the school and your partner and everything, you know?
0: Yeah. I'm really, I have to say, I'm really grateful to hear that that's, that's what you're up to right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, yeah, the school has been outstanding so far. Yeah. Like great. really just like, we knew who you were when we hired you and we were excited by that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um Yeah about
2: you, Joey? Um, as I said, I'm kind of transitioning right now and trying to really figure out what my role is as an right. artist. But I identify as an artist, an activist, um, artist, and activist. I like to do things that have never been done before, things that are going to hopefully change the world. And um, it's hard to get a footing right now because the world is changing so quickly. You know, so many things uh, that I thought maybe never would ever get addressed in my lifetime are kind Mm. of churning and we're almost past them already at a speed that I never, ever even began to imagine could happen. So I'm kind of standing down in all areas. Um, I'm working on a podcast. I'm deep diving on a huge missing piece of monotheism having discovered the name of the mother of Abraham, her name is Amtali, mm. and her mother's name is Carnabo, and they descend from sort of Hindu, multi-theistic thinking, and she gave birth to our father, Abraham, meaning, you know, our father, Christians, Jews, and Muslims. She raised him in a cave until she was until he, he was 13, and went off and invented monotheism by meeting with God and you know, getting a staff and a rod and all that other phallic stuff. And, you know, the Old Testament, this code, this book of, you know, code was written as a way to distract us yeah. from creativity and love and covenant. The code was turned into law and Abrahamic thought. And there was a woman who was erased. It was this man's mother. And almost all of my thinking right now is about her. And wow, i yes. need to find her. Yeah. <laughs> so her lucky number is 17. I created a chant where you say her name 17 times for healing, which I'll send both of you. Yeah. She is the missing mother and her mother is the missing grandmother of, you know, all Western people. And I feel like following her lead is kind of like enough for the next 50 years for me. Like I'm in my 50s. So I'm like in my halfway point. So being on the trail of Amtala is like my number one thing. And, you know, really interfacing with nonprofits now more than Hollywood, Mm. feeling very wary of going into rooms with cis men and putting on my little show to get their money um, and having to pretend like I'm going to make them money to get their money. So I want to go into more of the nonprofit world. So at least when they say, like, how am I going to make money? I can be like, you're not. This is because it's going to help the world. (laughs) shithead. <laughs> but I won't say that at the fundraising okay, good. meeting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was going to say, you know, um, you might I, let me I
0: was like, let me help you with your fundraising. Right. Right. Fuck Wait
1: you, until yes. the after no. party when they're too drunk to remember. Right. Then when you say
2: just <laughs> give it all to me and why do I have to make another deck? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm to I'm trying to find my way to her and to studying her. Maybe that means academia. Maybe that means starting mm-hmm. a nonprofit. And then also what I'm super duper into, which I was so excited to tell you both about and almost sent you the trailer beforehand, is that Faith and I grew up in a neighborhood that was a racial experiment in Chicago called South Commons. And I'm doing a documentary called the South Commons Experiment uh, from 1969 to 77. we lived in this neighborhood where people were really being not only chosen for the race, but placed in particular Uh, levels of housing, uh, biracial families really, really um, kind of loved and pushed into the center of the community there. It was really a weird thing. When you look back, it was a, it was a project of the department of um, housing in Chicago, and it was kind of built on the graveyard of Brownsville, a modernist Mm -hmm. architectural, you know, all people need is the right architecture to get along. And very much we grew up in the movement um, with my mom kind of you know, creating the neighborhood, creating the movement in front of the neighborhood and being this kind of one person show who really believed in, uh, you know, the, the, the Band-Aid changing shades and just being a little bit darker, like centering <laughs> Black people. We were uh-huh. raised centering Black people. Um, and that's kind of, I think, our legacy. Is, is of what we, you know, we we were faith and I kind of now realize we were two boys in a house with a mom who was pretending to be our dad and we were pretending to be daughters and another mom who was trying to make it very clear to us that actually black was white and white was black and biracial people are the future. And, you know, it's lucky I'm walking <laughs> and talking. Uh. <laughs> it was quite a
3: it's it a was lot. like a.
2: we were everything was up for everything was moving. Uh-huh. Race and gender, in our whole childhood. You know, we were dressed like boys. It was very anti femme Really, it was very you know post-religion. Okay, wait, wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. Because you're get you're bouncing around all the things that we want to talk to you about okay. in depth. This I'll is stop. all the yeah. This is all the stuff we want to. Okay, into. that's what I'm working
2: on. The documentary about the neighborhood. Okay, and, okay great. And, and, <laughs> going the, and going on the trail class.
0: Okay, so okay. I'm super geek. So you just started us off with the first big question we ask, which is, where are y'all from? So you're from this racial experiment in Chicago, it, like that's where you both were born, yeah. started, it raised. Tell you
2: more about it too.
3: Well, we're from Chicago, Chicago. We're from the city. Yeah, yeah. And I say Chicago because it's really not the suburbs. We lived in Chicago when we were little teenies. We lived in the suburbs, mm-hmm. little teenies. Yeah. And then my mom, like Joey said, worked in um, in the city teaching predominantly black schools, I think it never got out of her system. I, right, Joey? I don't yeah. know. I think that like something was missing for her when we went into the suburbs, which was all white. She was raised in the city. She's an amazing writer. Um, and it changed her. And I think she wanted back in. She was not happy in the suburbs, not happy as just a wife, you know, only. Mm-hmm. And it was South Commons that she saw and we moved there. And that's where Joey and I actually, we, I think we both at least share, like, it was an amazing childhood. Uh-huh. Um, and so we were there till eighth grade. No, yeah, seventh grade, moved to the near north side for early, eighth grade in high school. And okay. then we were young adults in the city. But we both stayed in Chicago uh, till 1990, 1991. Exactly. Wow. Okay. Yeah. We Yeah collaborating and all that stuff but yeah Thank we're chicagoans we still uh, now i'm in boston but joey's la
2: we're uh try tri-cityed i suppose yeah I'll, I'll be in and out of chicago a lot i'm sure over the next chunk of my life
1: mm-hmm. chicago is still the touch point for both of you
3: mm-hmm. well you know not we 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 haven't been visiting a lot lately, but now with Joey's project, well, our parents are both there, so yes, it's a t- it's the touch point. But Joey in LA, me in Boston, there's kind of be a, a Chicago, LA, Boston thing between okay. our our family. Yeah, I would say three cities. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And with the experiment, just to follow up on that a little bit, the experiment was something that your family opted into, like learned about, and decided we want to. Be in this, or was it like you moved to the neighborhood and then realized that you were in the midst of an experiment that was being run by the Department of Public Housing? Oh, yeah.
2: It was a little bit of both. You know, it depends on who you ask. It was (laughs) created by a developer named Dan Levin with all good intentions, using state and city money to build the first mixed use housing development, I think, in the country. Um, It was when a lot of, you know, housing was being built. And sort of similar to the Pruitt-Igoe uh, project or Park La Brea in Los Angeles, but in this case, it was very, you know, they added on this very heavy duty mixed use aspect. So we had our own school, we had our own grocery store, we had our own restaurant, we had a drugstore, we had an optometrist, mm. we had three pools, and we had townhouses, high rises and low rises. Got it. And very, you know, you know—act—you people were actively wanting the kids to get to know one another In the school that was created for us, which my mom, my mom wrote the newsletter. You know, I'm sure right now, Faith, mom is listening. She's saying, say my name. You're talking about my book. I'm a writer. Her name is Elaine Soloway. Okay. an amazing writer. (laughs) Say my name, uh, say say my my name, name. say my name. (laughs) Elaine published or helped publish the the Commons commentary.
1: Okay. Oh, that's adorable.
2: Little handmade newsletter where faith and I had the, you know, the rubber cement and the scissors, and we were Mm -hmm. laying it out with her every week. And she wrote a column called Adam's rib, her, you know, kind of Nora Ephron ish takes on being a mom. And she just believed it. You know, when I talked to the developer, he's like, Oh no, it wasn't an experiment. It wasn't a, it wasn't a social product. That was your mom. Your mom made all that up. But then there are all these archives and University of Chicago, and we found this footage of, you know, Dan Levin did hire a war philosopher named uh, Morris Janowitz, who actually writes about military invasion. And he created like a huge social science sort of like set of tools to measure. And and this is what the movie is going to really talk about, how white people could quote unquote like help it wasn't even that they didn't even care about black people it was really how can white people feel better about themselves by having proximity to black people
3: Whoa. they pretended
2: yeah. like we're all going to take care of each other mm-hmm. but the proximity was all white people ultimately wanted and, and that and, and at some point they didn't even want that anymore
3: mm-hmm. and,
2: and, and black people weren't being centered at all and, and the strange part was that like biracial people were like I went back and I was like oh my god Every, like when I took, Faith, I don't know if you know, when I took Paula Holt's daughter on a walk through the six pack and she herself is biracial, she looked around. She's like, everybody is biracial in this neighborhood.
3: Like or was or
2: no, still, I mean, still is, is. a lot of it's, it was it's it's a weird, a weird kind of you, you go, oh, somebody was favoring these families. Mm-hmm. It's not just colorism, but it was like that kind of hopeful well, with this love, these biracial children will be, you know, our future. Uh-huh.
3: Yes, yes, yes. Tomorrow people.
2: You were, yes. Tomorrow <laughs> people. The, bi- <laughs> the tomorrow people. So exactly. it wasn't,
3: it was, yeah, it was, yeah. It was that. White and Black people only, not just Black people.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it was the mix. It like, was a, it was going a, yeah, for the, yeah. Somewhere Yes, exactly. Nobody going cared for about the Black mix.
3: liberation. Right fascinating it was close
2: by the black panthers were there they were around they were in people's houses they were marching on the fourth of july everybody knew black panthers it was like oh wow the black panthers are coming like it was close you know but it Mm -hmm. still had to center and heroize white people got it
1: wow my 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 i'm really fascinated by this documentary project um (laughs) this is gonna be really interesting okay so the next question we wanted to ask you is if you can just share a little bit about your family structure. So um, other siblings in the mix, age difference between the two of you, like anything else that you think it would be helpful to kind of paint the picture of what your family and home life was like as you were coming up.
0: Yeah. Like, was your mom a lesbian at that time or like, yeah. Oh, was our trans
2: on? mom. No, she was in the closet until the age of seventy. She came out as trans when she was 70. Wow. Oh, yeah. This is, yeah. So she was. Okay, so which mom as...
1: are you talking about when you talk about the one who wrote the newsletter?
2: The cis mom.
1: The cis mom.
0: Okay, got it. Oh, wow. So Elaine is the cis mom doing that. And then mm. the trans mom. And she's
2: still not a lesbian. And no. Oh. <laughs> but how she's are they both your moms?
0: Um, say that again? But they, were they together?
2: Yeah, because my. Our father, our, our MAPA. Hadn't come out. Got it. So you know, she, was a man. she appeared to be a man. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the head of the department of psychiatry at like the major hospitals right around us. You know, Mercy, Beautiful. Michael Reese. So yeah, she was in the closet. And but we, in,
3: when you talk about the family structure, I mean, you look at me when I was little. I was a little boy that um, wanted to be a boy,
2: uh-huh. and
3: my parent. Uh, assigned male at birth was wanting to be a woman and uh-huh. was not. So there's a lot of like striking stuff about our family. Yeah. It's
2: just the two of us. We're 18 months apart. We're really close. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like matching on the zodiac. We're like March 28th and uh, September 26th. We have this very like, oh, wow. we cut the circle in half. So we've never really competed and we just love each other and support each other. And we've been writing partners. And we basically have the problem of like, we already plan to kind of gray gardens it when we get old. So we have to really push ourselves to do things with other people. And yeah, we had,
3: we had separate
2: and fall in love.
3: We had separate <laughs> bedrooms and we wanted to share bedrooms instead of separate bedrooms. We were really
2: in each other. Oh, gosh. Yeah. We were really cute. We were and little we boys that mom was other. putting in dresses. No wonder we were so traumatized. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) and I
3: actually, I I remember, no, I think mom actually saw at least my gender. You, I don't know, I would, I remember the hideousness of having to wear like a mini skirt at six, uh, Hmm. you know, for for school pictures. And I was like, why are my legs like this? Why is this dress up this way? You know, I remember that feeling. And I think mom, more so, mom took care of us more than mapa in that way, but you know, recognized it, cut our hair short let me wear whatever I want to wear. Also, yeah. mom wasn't great with long hair anyway, <laughs> didn't want to deal with it quite truth be known. Yeah. Um, she wasn't into the feminine ways of g- girlness, kidness. Yeah. So we escaped that a little bit. And nice. uh, Yeah. Although like Joey, I'm curious because like you kind of dipped in, you went, we're, oh, we're going right into gender, but you like, um, you loved long hair you said, you, you know, you're and deck, and you take more like all like, gay
2: men. Like yeah, like <laughs> you know, I love doing hair, and, hair. De- and braiding. I mean, guys, it's de- it's it's, it's like, the I last just... thing I would have thought that was going to turn out that I was going to be yeah. gay man after all this. But like, yes. all yes. evidence points to it. I yeah. like long hair. Like, I want to do hair.
0: Well, and I love that this is all still and unfolding makeup. for you too in your fifties. Like, there's something oh yeah, really I'm one years old. That. I only got my
2: name like a year ago.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: I've only been Joey for a year. So yeah. It's all new. Wow! And Faith oh. and I both just took on they pronouns. I did about three years ago. Faith did in the past couple months.
0: Beautiful. That's incredible. And just one more question: Was there extended family as a part of your growing up experience? You know, like what was that? Were they, you know, was it extended family in Chicago or like?
3: Yeah, yeah. We, we we not a lot though. I mean, it was our. But you know at mappa our, our um we, her name is Carrie, so I might say you know Carrie's, Carrie, yeah, Carrie, and she got of, mad at us, she was like,
2: stop calling me Mapa
0: Carrie <laughs> right and well, I yeah, guess Carrie. once transparent came out everybody was like hold on, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
3: um, so she had her her sister who's now passed away, was in a, a close su- suburb and two kids, so we were you know we would see them, but we don't have a huge. Extended family. Extended family. We yeah. have a lot
2: of chosen family. Tons of chosen family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, Beautiful. grew up in the world where people had cousins and play cousins, and everybody's was everybody's family. You know. Uh huh. Uh huh. Cousins um, in Kansas City that we were, you know, didn't get to see a lot. And then but, yeah, we made. The... We, I think we made family out of the people in South Commons. That's it.
3: Sounds like that. The neighbors, yeah. the mm-hmm.
2: other kids there, they were like and siblings. And what
0: was the political orientation um, of your family growing up like? we were the, in it. Do you no, have a sense yeah. of political lineage yeah. in your
2: family? Yeah. My mom was just, Fighting you know, the good licking fight, licking envelopes and stuffing mm-hmm. envelopes and working for black politicians. And, you know, a lot like Malkia's when, when she was describing, or I'm not sure what pronouns they use, I, um, it, but they use a lot of them. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Very similar. Like we were just in the movement, you know, it mm-hmm. was all movement. The whole, our whole childhood was movement such that I was so surprised that that wasn't going on in other neighborhoods. Uh, and still, I'm surprised when people aren't thinking of that as mattering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just wh- whatever local election was going on, whoever was running for something. And my mom worked for Harold Washington. She worked for Jane Byrne. She did PR. She's a great writer. So mm-hmm. yeah, she's always kind of, yeah, there's a revolution going on and, and, and we have to put ourselves in it however we can.
0: Awesome. Mm. Wow. hmm
2: She runs a book group my mom called what black women want white women to know. And uh, or she used to now it's just black authors, but she really thinks a lot about centering blackness and helping white people to understand their privilege. And she's just she's still still at it in her 80s, just helping people to see, you know, Uh in Chicago, in Chicago. She's amazing.
1: Hey, mama. I love movement mamas.
2: She is it's like the whole
1: movement rests on moms who yeah. are moving it, moving shift forward um okay, so you know both of you well, I think at least I've heard you Joey explicitly already in this conversation identify as an activist, and faith my sense is that that's you know part of how you i d as well um, and Um, but you know, correct us if, if we're wrong about this, but one of the questions we've been asking in these sibling interviews is about the process of, um, explicit politicization that leads to deciding I myself am going to enter movement work or enter social justice work, activism work. I am choosing this as a life path rather than something that I'm, you know, in the midst of because of the way Mm -hmm. my family operates. Mm -hmm. Um, So we would love to hear a little bit about that, the process of, you know, your explicit politicization and choice to do political work. And we would love to know, especially given the fact that y'all are so close in age, how distinct that process was for each of you or how much it was like, we're doing this together. Like, (laughs) I'm going, you're going, if I'm going, you're going with me.
0: Um,
1: Tell us, tell us the the coming of age story of your politics.
3: <clears throat> All right, I'll start. Um, I feel like, you know, my sibling is like so amazing and has done, is, is done so many things. I, I feel like, you know, we kind of gather our strength and our ideas from each other. And I'm always, I don't know, I'm always in awe of them. And I've always felt like Joey was, like you said, like wanting just to save the world, like their vision, their scope was just because of, I think as you're going through life, the pain of what you're feeling, the traumas, of what you're feeling, you can do something about it, right? You can write about it. You can do something about it. And, and for me, um, I was so in pain, like I wasn't there even where Joey was to be angry. I felt erased as a lesbian, as whatever I am. I felt like really I was down here. Mm. I believed it. Mm. Um, and had so much, so much shame that my first movement toward activism was um, writing about being queer, mm. singing it out loud. You know, as many, many uh, singer-songwriters, that was like that discovery getting up and singing from a queer place was probably uh, the first step of activism. Wow. uh, Because music came before speaking with all of this. Um, Then once that happened, that maybe opened up working with children and being an open gay person. So um, at writing, I wrote a show called Jesus Has Two Mommies. (laughs) I um, had a a black my my friend Merle, who's a black woman, played God. You know, just fu- you not you know probably what were things problematic back then? Maybe I'm not sure. I still I talked to Merle about it yesterday. And mm-hmm. <laughs> is it okay that I made you God? <laughs> yeah, and I and, and not only made her I don't know what you God. Do I made the was, divine um, feminine is black, right? Like just these like moving these things forward because they they were just in me, you know and. Should two women have a baby? You know, like like back in the two, you know, all of that shit back in two thousand. Um, so it really came from the artist voice, mm-hmm. and then the artist educator was like, "Hi, children, I'm a gay person in front of you. I'm. You don't have to freak out." It was real mm-hmm. simple, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and. It was it was like a not a it's kind of had to you know just it was my own survival of having a voice came it it started there yeah and then no it's it's just I love that like sort of what you said Adrian and students kids that I know that have said to me had you not said that I know these kids are in their thirties now like I wouldn't have been able to feel um, healthy about being gay. You know, Um, so I love that. I love, I I love this work. I love singing. I love collaborating. I love making shows. Um, And it does have to say something, you know, Mm -hmm. through the comic lens or through a a musician's lens, but it does have to say something. Mm -hmm. So that's where the activism educator, educator artist is within me.
0: Mm, I love that. Oh, yeah. And a question I'm holding, you know, because there's so much alignment with y'all, right? It's like the 18 months, both being creatives, both being queer in, in a multitude of ways, you know, growing up in this space. And you've been on this journey now for 50 plus years together. No, you're still in the, are you 49? No, no, no. I'm, I'm shaking my head.
3: Like, I, I can't, can't believe, believe it. it. I'm just, <laughs> yeah.
0: I was like, 56, are you like, still you know, holding out? I am.
3: We're just like we're 56 and 57. The other okay, great. 50s, yeah. was I was like, most people don't know how round math works, but I feel like... Most <laughs> math
2: would call it 60. Right. No, <laughs> 50s. A, a solid <laughs> mid-50s. It's still over 50. Exactly. <laughs> exactly and right? A lot of retirement communities are like nifty over 50. Like we could move into a retirement community now yeah. at this Holy- age. Sh-
0: yeah, that's real. <laughs> And you know that could be fun, but yeah. um, you share a bedroom. Oh, to
2: oh,
0: yeah. do that. Yeah, when um, we're old when you're when you're old. Not yet. So, yeah. but for now, what feels distinct in the kind of work that y'all are doing, and what still feels really
2: deeply aligned? Mm, that's such a good you know? question. Well, we do have this kind of opposite thing where we're strangely often taking on the opposite role in the world. So usually it's that faith, I think, is very embodied and willing to get into really to stand there next to the person who needs a person. So even if we were doing transparent and somebody was having an issue and faith would come to me and say, so-and-so is feeling this, I'll go talk Mm. to them. Mm. And I'd be like thinking a little bit more about the big picture, just kind of intellectualizing maybe. And faith was really having to kind of just like live it. And now faith is really leading. And I'm, I think we're, we're still both always working on what it means to hold space in person for somebody to feel their feelings. And that is one of the reasons I just want to stop here and thank you both. Because for me, mm. listening to your podcast is a way that I can feel held and loved mm.
3: and seen. Oh. And especially, Adrian,
2: your voice, not only your actual voice, but your books, you know, um, just hold space for the belief, you know, the abolitionist, miraculous, pleasure based future that we all deserve to deserve and to believe we deserve in every moment.
3: Thank you.
2: Um, so thank you for just naming a way to feel okay um and you know faith can write a song if you gave faith a title mm-hmm. of a song right now she would start or they would start singing it and it would be you know the best song you ever heard i cannot really? play a note okay i don't know um, about the best song you ever heard but but faith can you know do anything musically you know faith was always very athletic like always winning swimming meets i was like the person who walked backwards off the high dive to a you know, booing, chanting group of kids, <laughs> down the, going, down, going, you know, I'm going down. I can't do it. Oh,
0: um, walk backwards
2: down. The oh, I thought you were like, I can only <laughs> go down. No, no, backwards. no. I'm Got going it. back down yeah. and changing my mind. I was like, that's um,
0: much more terrifying.
2: Okay. Yeah, It really is. So physically I've always felt really unembodied and very, I'm still working on the simple bodily things like riding a bike or even uh-huh. riding a horse or feeling comfortable in my body. I'm, I feel very, I'm always in some form of, you know, disassociation. In fact, Adrian, I think that feeling of like, oh, I have to take care of the whole world. I have, I have to. Ho- I have to host every party. Yeah. Well, And I everyone. just want to say
0: this because for our listeners, just before we started, we were talking and I was saying that part of what sends me into the de- depressive spiral is feeling like I can't do enough for the scale of the problems of the world. And I have to because we have to save the whole world. So that's what they're referencing. Because <laughs> I think yeah. I said that before. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, I want people to be like, what, <laughs> what are
2: you talking well, about? The, um, you know, the, the Jewish stuff and, and the divine feminine Friday night Shabbat, you know, welcoming in the Sabbath and welcome, welcoming in the feeling of love for 24 hours has really helped with that. Because, you know, uh-huh. God, the goddess, God X commands you to rest for 24 hours. So whenever you take your Sabbath, you know, it pleases her. For you to hold mm. one day is different. And that day must be like 100% pleasure mm. um, in all ways, so whatever smart. that means. You can take it on Sunday. You can take, take one day and make it make it special. So um, the rest of the time, yes, I am, you know, very overthinky, hypervigilant, paranoid, sure the world's going to end and mm. and running so fast in my mind trying to figure out the solution. So I don't know. Yeah, we, we have very different skills and we trade them all the time, but we're both I think we're both trying to make the connections, uh, you know, between Black and Jewish people around white supremacy and, and hoping there can be a healing mm-hmm. so that we can fight white supremacy together. And we're both trying, you know, we're both looking at um, right now in our work, uh, right before Hitler's rise to power in Germany, in Berlin, Magnus Hirschfeld's work around there being more than two genders and disruption of the binary and the way that fascism used sexual repression and used repressed bodies to plant the virus of fascism. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's all right there. It's all right there. We just need to look. Yeah. We need to look together. So we we both really think, I think faith and I both think we have to heal the world. We both think it's somehow about the combination of race and gender. Mm Would you say that faith? Yeah, Faith also some add add taters. Faith's nickname is Taters, if you Oh, good yeah. to know <laughs>
3: well, do you think, like, Yeah, no, it's exposing it's, it's, We're exposing I'm just like it, Yeah, it's this, this stuff was buried The, the research of gender Science mm-hmm. behind uh, Other bodied humans Is buried um, And it's uncovering all of that Taking the power, dismantling the power We're all feeling that right now yeah so wow. it's a it's exciting i I feel like there's privilege in being able to express that even artistically um so i feel I feel like there's responsibility in that mm. yeah. Wow, I love
1: your brain so much and I'm just excited to experience anything that comes from y'all mm-hmm. um <laughs> And yeah, there's just several things that both of you have said just in the short time that we've been doing this interview, that I feel like it's a rabbit hole. I'm ready to go down. Um, But okay, so we (laughs) as we wind down the interview portion because we want to respect your time. um, We do have one last question, which is, I think, one of my favorite questions that we ask in this sibling series, (laughs) which is um, what is something that you would like? other people to know about your sibling. I
2: see Faith as like a genius on the level of Sondheim or Lin-Manuel Miranda. That's, I think, why I get so jealous is because I just wish that Faith would have had the access and opportunity to like geniushood. You know, they're they're so brilliant and they're such a great musician. And we grew up listening to musicals, but like we never, it never occurred to either of us that we were exceptional in any way. yeah, we were having fun, but like, I feel like there's these missed careers. You know, we really- Mm -hmm migrated and centered men and white men second city comedy we just wanted to be kind of the support system for men and for white men and we missed a lot a lot of years were missed and i feel like if we could kind of restart um yeah faith would be sondheim you know Uh uh-huh.
3: wow well, joey uh-huh. um when joey was
2: little nobody
3: could understand them because <laughs> they spoke three thousand miles an hour <laughs> I want to tell you this, but I can't tell you this right now, because if I go inside right now, you're not going to remember what I'm going to do. So I'm going to come right outside and I'm going to tell you exactly what you're thinking, but I can't tell you right now, but hold on to it right now. Hold on to this right now. What, what, (sighs) what, what what did they say? Yeah. And now there's this burning. Always charging intelligence of, of questioning. I think that's, you know, the kid that gets in trouble with the teacher because they know more than the teacher.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. That was Joey. We know that person. Yes. <laughs> know. That
3: was Joey at every age. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so everything that they've created, um, people feel their fire, they respect their fire, um, but it's always been there. It's nothing oh. new. It's mm-hmm. always been there, so that they're not letting it die. That they're still chasing it, and um, you know they have they're, They, they, one of the smartest people I know, and you know Joey is. Um. So anybody who gets to spend time with Joey, uh, whether they're teaching about film. For um, Amtelai, the patriarchy, Jewishness, Jewish black whiteness, mm-hmm. and it's it's you're lucky because they're they want to enrich their own life and your and your life as well. They're not done. Of course, we can talk about the re- Real Housewives of you know Salt yeah, Lake City whole, yeah. oh, oh, along with God. that, <laughs> but they're not they they've got big dreams and yeah. um, they always had big dreams. I would say when they were little.
0: Oh, thank you. Beautiful. I love that. That's really delightful. I'm, I'm really grateful um, that you both have each other, that you have someone who sees you so clearly and sees your brilliance, you know, your gifts so clearly. And we have our final segment, which is called top culture, which I'm, I'm really excited for us to do with you. Um, But faith, I kind of want to put you on the spot and you can totally say no. But what Joey said about like, just say any song to you and it's going to be a great
3: experience. This was coming. Okay. Yeah, so give me a song title. So the song but, title? You know, yeah. You
0: no, know, the song title is These Fucking
3: Cis Men. These fucking cis men where they're everywhere. They're in my heart, they're in my head, they're in my fucking hair. Who the fuck? Put them there, cis men.
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> They're in my underwear. There we go. No!
2: They're they are in my underwear. I'm
0: trying to get them
2: Can you legislated get them
0: out, out, of
3: out of my there? underwear. These, these fucking cis men. Cis men. men. <laughs> yes! These fucking
2: cis men. These fucking They're in my men. underwear. They
3: think they created
2: me. Oh. These, fucking these fucking cis men think I'm,
0: they're who I want to be. But no. These
2: fucking <laughs> cis men standing up when they pee. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wow. Yes.
2: Oh. I guess a cis man is in me. <gasps> okay, that was an instant hit.
3: Thank you so much. Instant I just, bop. I needed no. that.
0: I needed that. And that's Instant what I was going to
3: happen. Um, well, it's a lot of pressure trying to be, you know, Lin-Manuel. I did Sondheim. Sondheim.
0: Well, <laughs> <and> I, <laughs> I have to say, I don't think Sondheim could have done that. So Never. yeah. He's mm-hmm. fucking cis man. I mean, it's catchy. It's just really catchy. Like, I think that's the cornerstone of something. So, so speaking of cornerstones of culture, um, top culture. This is mm-hmm. where we talk about the music the film the art the memes the whatever cultural that is getting us through this period of history and it can be new it can be very old or anything in between mm-hmm. so yeah anybody got yep.
2: something that's just like right there you want to start taters I don't have anything. Please start. Well, I know you want, I know Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is, I mean, that's it's embarrassing. So though. No, it's no, 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 no. So Adrian talks about
0: Real Housewives all the time.
2: So okay. it's,
3: it's yeah.
0: welcome. I mean, it's, it doesn't have, it, if you feel embarrassed, then well, I don't want to take that from you. Yeah, no,
3: it's okay. It's okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we love our house, housewives. Yeah, I and mean, then girls it, trip is coming up. Girls, the yeah. girls trip, the, uh, we're going to put them all together and they're going to yeah. be on vacation together. Yeah. Oh my God. It's, that I sounds know.
0: horrible. It. <laughs> it's going to be hijinks.
2: Hey, Autumn, do you want me to tell you why I love The Real Housewives? Yeah. Yes. Because we're watching bad actors improvise to the suggestion of non-union writers. <sighs> yes. oh, they're sitting in a restaurant. They're real women, really. I'm always looking for their humanity because it's the only show, really, where you're going to watch nine women be. Be. You're going to watch ten women just be. So if you can look through and be like, Wow. <laughs> this is the outfit they put on for their test. Like, this is how they decided to get made up today for yes. their two camera they yes. Adrian gets it. It's like, you're looking at everything, the lighting when they're doing their two camera testimony and the timing of why they're wearing this dress. You know, it's, it's all there, right? It's the matriarchy. Wow. It's, it's why I love the Kardashians. But it, isn't
3: like- it a gay man who created that show?
2: Right, yes. Yeah. It is. It's Andy Bravo. It's
3: Andy. So, Andy. Andy's. That's right. Who that is. I'm obsessed right, so- with every restaurant. You hear every single thing down to the detail of what they order. And
2: everything. <laughs> yeah. Cause somebody likes food on that show. Yes. Well,
3: somebody and wants- it's also and like, it's drink.
2: amusing
0: because you know, the whole thing is like, I always think it's like this double layered thing that's happening where it's both like these exquisite situations, you know, they're like, Oh, the best hotel ever but Then and the best food and the, I mean most amazing, but it's also so over the top and they're so ungrateful and ridiculous about the whole thing and they're just like yes. we're only at this restaurant to try to escalate each other to the point that we're throwing exactly things. like that's the I why try we to came imagine what the, the
2: suggestion was because exactly somebody well, was and like, I love I this because yeah. it's
0: like you have to ask her about why her husband cheated on her. Do it however yeah. you want. Do it yeah. however you want. <laughs> you see it come up where it's like. That doesn't make any sense in the yeah. flow of the conversation <laughs> at all, but you know, yeah. But Salt Lake City like is a particular delish because the victim, like, I, I don't know if it's, it feels very unique to Salt Lake City, even though I know the other Real Housewives shows have this, but the sense of the bully being the victim, like. All what do you mean Jen Shaw? Yeah, Jen Shaw. Sits there and she's like, I can't believe they're coming for me. And in every other shot, she's coming for everyone. Everybody. And she's so mean. And she's Do you feel so like it's a little bit shallow? racist?
2: The oh, show. Like the I, only the only black woman is kind of nuts. Well, but there's also <laughs> Mary. There's also no Mary. that's what I mean. Mary's nuts. I mean yeah. Jan Shaw's nuts in a different way, but Mary's, you know, I'm not sure if you're Mary Autumn, is a Mary's whole... married to her grandfather. Mary
0: is married to her actual grandfather. And her
2: grandmother's husband, her
1: grandmother's husband. And I'm and sorry, our listeners can't see the face that I just made. Oh, it um, in her will that her what? husband would marry It was Mary, in her, her will
0: that the husband would marry her so that the church <laughs> could continue down to her. And she, oh, god, it's so it was, it was about world. property, everything. Oh,
2: it's god. so, woman, oh yeah. her mother stopped talking yeah. to her because she was supposed to get the grandfather as her husband.
0: <gasps> no, Oh yes, my god! Yes. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> yes, and then. <laughs> And then she wow. is. A- this is increasingly feeling
1: not like top. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. She's also a cult
0: leader, like, but yeah, of a, a very leader. small particular cult. Anyway, yeah. Wow.
1: Although, so- in a way, I guess it is sort of top because it's like, what could be more revealing of like what is at the heart of yes. America, you know?
2: Yes. yes. It's about that class, this is really. something
1: that is possible legally here. Well,
0: and I will say this <laughs> just to respond on the race issue in that show, which mm-hmm. is, I feel like the, the thing that is amusing about it. And I, I think there could be class classes about this. The thing that is amusing about it is they only bring up race when they have done something of egregious to someone else. And that person is like, you can't do that egregious thing to me. And then they're like, I am a black woman. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's like, wait, But Mary, that has nothing or no, like Jen Shaw. is like, that has nothing to do with the fact that you just outed this person's child. Like you cannot, you can't defend right. yourself for doing that by saying, <laughs> as, I was black. like, that's not a black thing. Yeah. <laughs> we don't be out of fun. So yeah, like like we kept Queen Latifah where fun. she needed to be forever. Like we're good. We can hold yes. this, the line. Yeah, we're so, fine. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, I, but I, I just do feel like,
2: you know, yeah, they make Meredith. I feel like they make Meredith our way in. They've got Meredith, the the good one. You know, the one who's our way in is only going to be mm. black in Atlanta. Other than that, she's never going to. You know, they're never going to do that in New Yorker. You
0: know, yeah, that. I'm. I'm. I mean, I think there's so many problems about the Real Housewives franchise. Like, oh yeah, this year too. A bazillion of them. This year, especially. Especially, but I this also year. feel like for some, it it feels cathartic to me to watch something where I'm like, these people are. This is all intentional. They're just like, we are being messy for your entertainment. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can enjoy the yes. entertaining mess. Mm-hmm. It's so much better than all the people who are being messy in the world that I'm not entertaining. Yeah. I'm like, this is not entertaining. Yes. You're actually just being messy. I'm
3: with you. Wow. All right. We need to have a, a as long house as they're lives. making money. They're it's it's they're building wrestling a for women. It's it's the, you yeah. know, take wrestling. <laughs> wrestling. It's our, you know, yeah, it's WWE binary. It house is WWE. W- yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: But I don't know, Faith, if you wanted that to be your thing.
3: <laughs> that's fine for, to be my thing. Okay. I, I'm barely watching television right now. I like, started watching the British baking. I'm coming home and trying not to fall asleep, walking my dog, um, <laughs> it, working. Yeah, Great British British Bake Off I started wa- okay. watching okay. just for a little I've bit of relaxation. Like I've
1: heard that's great. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs>
3: Yeah, I'm actually having to do some research on running groups, so I'm. That's oh, like that kind of stuff. Oh, there's a for you. Little something
0: called emergent one? Strategy. Uh-huh. It's Like I've got a emergent book strategy. For you.
2: Uh, yeah. Oh my god! Conflict is not abuse. Those kinds.
3: Book. Oh please! What? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Let, let me be my professor. I will send it packet. to you. I have about
2: ten of them. on, on I my have shelf. to start. <laughs> I have to
3: actually do that kind of that kind I of can't reading. For you to well, honest. and there's so, the there's
0: the follow-up to emergent strategies called holding change, and autumn is autumn is in it. Um, and yeah. it's uh, all these essays from Black feminists and then stuff that I know okay. about facilitation. Yes, um, So maybe that'll book. help you. Yes,
2: okay. <clears> okay. <throat> um, I just want to shout out a piece of culture really I was quick say that joy. I'm begging everybody to read. And it's where I'm getting some of these ideas about fascism and the body mm. um, and repression, which is this book called Everybody by Olivia Lang. Oh okay. no, it's called, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's called Everybody on could, Freedom uh-huh. by Olivia Lang, okay. And she takes this amazing kind of journey, you know, starting with Hitler, Wilhelm Reich, Freud, you know, Wilhelm Reich, was the gwyneth paltrow of his day i'm not sure if anybody's aware now but he know, that. Okay. drove around with this thing called the organ where he wanted people to get into it and have an orgasm so that they could free their bodies from being available for fascistic thinking he was thinking this pre-hitler and it takes this kind of thinking like the freedom in the body mm-hmm. and goes not only through nazi germany magnus hirschfeld this doctor who ran this gender center? She's kind of there on the ground. He his drag name was Anti-Magnesia. This is 1925 Berlin. Wow. You know, all the books that were burned by the Nazis were his books about there being more than two genders. You know, we all learn wow. about the Nazi book burning. We don't look, we don't learn that these books were about gender. Oh. And then she moves into Andrea Dworkin, moves to Nina wow. Simone, moves to Bayard Rustin, moves through. Everybody in your mind that you would want her to move to. Great. And each chapter kind of starts to add up this story about freedom, the body, and fascism. And wow. Well, I love that. Just get it. And then let's talk about it again. Okay. Or, you know, I just, for me, it really inspired me. I was in that place that you were in, Adrienne, where you were feeling kind of like, what's the point? Yeah. And I was really needing people to take care of me and people to notice. And, you know, just listening to that book, just, it, it brought me back to- what it means to fight for freedom you okay, know, good. as an artist. And, an and you listen to it as an audiobook? Yeah. I forgot okay, how great. to read in the past year or so. so. No, that's great. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's normal. That I happens. think a
3: lot of people have had that experience. Yeah. yeah. I, have, <laughs> I got it too, Joy. I'm going to be listening to it too. I'm
0: going to get it right now. Um, yeah. What about for you, Autumn?
3: Um, season three of HANA
1: just came out on Amazon Prime. And this television show features... Um, like a badass teenager spy mutant kind of figure <laughs> um who 's awesome in and of herself, but it also features one of my favorite actresses who's i don 't know if I know even know how to pronounce her name enos Mar- oh, yeah. um she was also the star of the killing, oh, but she she plays <laughs> one of the central characters in Hannah. um and I just love her because she's so grumpy like she's like a grumpy person mm. and so her whole like uh, everything about her acting is sort of built around like grumpy faces and then like a slight adjustment of a grumpy face <laughs> that communicates a lot like yeah. when she goes like <laughs> <laughs> okay our listeners can't see what I just did but anyway but yeah. you all can see anyway so I just yeah yeah Um, it's like a grumpy smirk. Um, so yeah, that's the, um, I, I similarly, like I haven't, I'm, I don't have like a ton of energy for consuming things right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and especially ever since I started taking Aikido, Um, which really is so amazing and addicting in a positive, it's like a positive obsession. It's my positive obsession, as Octavia Butler would would have said. Um, um, But because it's such an intense physical practice, I am very exhausted. And so on days that I train, it's like as soon as my kids are asleep, like I'm pretty much starting to pass out. But when I do have the energy, Hana.
3: If we're successful, you could have
1: whatever
2: life you want. I wouldn't know what to do with it i only know how to fight
1: there's intensity Kana. there's Kana. drama there's betrayal there's counter-betrayal mm. you know there's cliffhangers constantly it's it's just it's a lot of fun
0: sounds
1: um like adrian what's your top culture
0: so mine is <clears throat> i narrowed it down to four things <laughs> and one is a cheat um which is so adele a new album and it's all about divorce. It's fantastic. Um, although you can really feel the stress in her, like, I think you can feel the stress in her voice in a way that Mm. I've I've never heard it before. Mm. Um, but the album is, the songs are great it feels all exactly like what it's supposed to feel like, like fuck this. And then this kid amorphous who I've mentioned on here before, who I love, who's a DJ does all these remixes and he's doing remixes of the Adele album. So he did a remix of it with Beyonce. You better believe
2: you are crying.
0: it's tying into this whole thing where people are like, why doesn't Adele ever have backup dancers? Mm -hmm. And people have been making these videos where they've got (laughs) Adele singing and Meg the stallion dancing to it and other people dancing behind it. It's just the Adele album. Sometimes the internet is amazing, That's not it? It's it's literally what gives me, like all the, the only thing I like right now is like memes and this kind of internet stuff where I'm just like, okay, humans are still funny at least. So we're still (laughs) talented at making musical things. Um, So that's one. Two is Ryan Ken, who I think maybe I've also mentioned on here before, but he did this hilarious thing about the person who wrote, um, oh shit. he wrote, he wrote a song about the, the Grinch, basically about the Grinch that like reads the shit out of the Grinch. And he says in the song, you have to just watch it. at one point he says, Don't start. No squibble squabble. Won't be no squibble squabble. (laughs) And (laughs) I keep walking around the house, just thinking this to myself, like don't start. No squibble squabble. Anyway, um, I want it to be viral. I want everyone to start saying this all the time. Okay. So you heard it here. It starts with us. It starts starts with us. The third thing is bachelorette this season is like biracial black extravaganza. So it's just, it's a multiracial bachelorette um, who is, has landed on like where I'm watching it. She's landed on a bevy of very bright skinned biracial men. And it's the (laughs) most biraciality I've ever seen in one show at one time. Like they just did hometowns and it's just like every single pair is like a white mom and a black dad and their siblings that ensued. And it's just I've, I'm just like kind of blown away by seeing the, the the multitude of it. And there's some patterns like I feel like we could do a whole show about well, the basically patterns. all the hometown
2: moms, white moms are played by the same woman, right?
0: It looks
1: oh.
2: it's very, similar, very
1: similar and you play white mom. Number three, <laughs> your white yeah. mom, number
0: three. And it then is also,
1: so funny.
2: The I trip all the of white it, moms, exactly, they all they, love their sons in the same way. right? They love
0: their sons. Like this is my best friend slash son. And then it's also, you get to see this race dynamic, like the wife, the white mom talks. The black dad sits there quietly, <laughs> stoically. And then stoically doesn't say anything. Yes. And then when they separate out, then it's like, "Dad, what do you think?" And he's like, "It's cool. Looks like you're doing good, son." You know, like, it's just so fascinating. <laughs> like it's just it's fascinating. So, um, I I think there's a lot about race and gender and dynamics and race and class. I mean, class and all of that in the show, in a in a way that like I don't think the show even has a sense of what they're up to fully. But as a as a biracial person, I'm like, wow, fascinating. And then the final thing is, Brene Brown dropped a new book, um, oh, Atlas of the right. Heart, and it's she's mapped out 87 core emotions that we need to be familiar with and 87. In. That's yes. a lot. And th- she's she's framed <laughs> it in these like juxtapositions, <laughs> like where she's like, you can't do connection and control at the same. Like these these emotional entities can't coexist. Like you're either doing one or the other. That and just all these cool things. Um, And she just posted something today that was like, if you're feeling like your heart is worn and threadbare, if you're feeling that way, just remember there's nothing more beautiful than a worn heart that is somehow still willing. Um, Mm. And it's like the whole book is just sort of like, this is all part of the emotional range. And I have found it really helpful as I've gone through this dip that I'm like, this is also part of the emotional range. I know this is part of it. I'm feeling grief and despair. And it's temporary and I will feel other emotions, you know? Um, So I want to offer that, especially Mm -hmm. to anyone who might be like, oh, emotions feel really overwhelming right now. It's like having a language to express what's happening inside of your body mind Mm. is really helpful. Um, So top culture. And then of course y'all are top culture, (laughs) you know, Uh, I'm so grateful that we got to be here in conversation with you. I could do a whole nother show about how powerful and dynamic transparent was and like what a huge, like it was when it was on, it was just like, that is the show <laughs> for me. Mm. There was so much in me that was touched and moved and grown and expanded by that show. And I just think you did something fucking powerful and necessary for humans with that show. So thank y'all for thank it, you everything you contributed there. Thank you, And we're going to, we're going to leave each other <laughs> and
2: go Shabbat <laughs> our way through the weekend. Yeah, let's mm-hmm.
0: shout it out. I'm gonna please the goddess
1: by resting.
2: Yes, she <clears> wants you to rest in the cave. Yeah.
1: Thanks for listening to our show. We're on Twitter and Instagram at End of the World PC. We're also on Facebook at End of the World Show.
0: You can make a sustaining donation to our show by visiting our page at Patreon.com/slash/End the World Show, and we actually have real, designed, actual, gorgeous merch.
1: We want you to go to patreon.com/slash end of the world show
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you can check out all the different tiers and levels. If you give it the highest tier, you get all of the different kinds of merch Everything. that you can get. If you give it the lowest tier, which is just six dollars a month, you get an exclusive print, a piece of mm-hmm. art that Adrian made. And He's got
0: you got unicorns, y'all.
1: Unicorns <laughs> running away from an explosion. It's perfect. <laughs> and you also get exclusive access to ask-me-anything, ask-us-anything episodes that we will drop a few times a year. where the, Actually, they're more than episodes. They're like live events that we are going to do, and you can come be there.
0: How to Survive the End of the World is produced and edited by the sweet and wonderful Zach Rosen and transcribed by the brilliant and dedicated Jess Pinkham.
1: Music for today's show comes from Tunde Alani Ron and Mother Cyborg.
0: And we're out.